is well with us. Amen. Amen. I just want to encourage us. Uh, just want to encourage us. Don't be discouraged. Uh, the the life of a believer is a warfare. Amen. Amen. When you become a child of God, your 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 job, your marriage, your finances, your relationships, everything becomes a warfare. Amen. Amen. And uh, it is in the midst of that that you will see the faithfulness of God greatly. In the midst of some of those some of those challenges. Some of those challenges will build your spiritual muscles. You become very, very strong. I was sharing with my wife this afternoon. I said, can you recount all the challenges uh, we've gone through since we came to Georgia and how God has miraculously, miraculously circumvented them. There was a semester in 2017, spring of 2017. I wanted to do registration just like other students and they told me there's no funding <sighs> no funding so no funding and that day was the last day of registration in georgia tech my advisor said there's no funding i went to the department can you give me ta they said there's no ta you give me ta three times no more ta for you i said what do i do so we well, go back to the industry where you came from, or if you if you're international, go back to your country. <laughs> and I had a wife and a and a kid. Uh, and uh, oh, sorry, that was was that 2017 or 2018? I think it was 2017. I think it was 2018. Uh... It's spring of 2018. Yeah, it was spring of 2018. And I went to my advisor's office. I stood, we were looking at each other. He was making phone calls. He called the head of, um, he called the head of the graduate studies. They were screaming at each other on phone. The man said no. He sent the man email, the man said no. He called all his big, big contacts in the department. He said no funding for me. He knows I have a family. What am I going to do now? Eh? There's no funding for you. They will start laughing. <laughs> and I stood in his office. You see, Joseph, I'm sorry to see you going through a trial. <laughs> the one started talking Christianity. <laughs> but I've made all my calls. Nobody wants to give me funding. I said, there's no problem. And then... I just looked inside the lab. He said, but there's one student this semester that was supposed to go for internship, but they didn't allow him go. Maybe you can talk to him and see if he recommend you, the company will take you. So I went to the student, I said, I heard you get got internship. He said, yes, but they didn't allow him go. He said, yes. I said, okay, can you talk to the company for me? He said, what's your email? I gave him my email. He said, send me your resume. I sent him my resume. He reached out to the company. This was around 11 in the morning. Registration closes that same day, 4 p.m. That was the last day of registration in Georgia Tech. And there's no funding for me. And at 11 a.m., there's still no funding. 
So I called, so he emailed the company, and the company replied me. I said I should send my resume. I sent my resume. And the company replied me that you've gotten the job without interview. Amen. <laughs> the company replied me that you've gotten the internship. Take and fill the application and fill the application letter. So I got internship. I got the offer letter. Then they now told me to go to, go online, go and fill and go and apply for the job. Oh. And then I went online, applied for the job. This was like a movie. By 2 p.m., I had an internship. I came back to the EC department. I gave the EC, the uh, Daniela, those of you that know her, the EC graduate committee. I gave her my offer letter. She looked at me like, how did you get, get this? I said, it's an internship offer. She said, between money and now, you got an internship? I said, yes. <laughs> she said, okay, <laughs> no problem. I went for internship. I was at internship. I made quite some money. Me and my, me and my wife, we stacked up some money. So around April, I was driving to work one morning, cruising. The vehicle in front of me, as uh, this asbestos fell from the vehicle, from a, a truck. The vehicle in front of me ran over the asbestos and propelled it into the air, and my car smashed into it. That's how my radiator, my engine, everything got damaged. I thought it was just a small damage. I went outside, I looked at it. The whole front of the car was damaged. I went back, I started my car. The car that dropped the asbestos drove away. So, so he doesn't have to pay. So now it means the payment is going to come from me now. I went back, I started the car, the car. Did someone say something? Sorry, Okay. I went by, I started the car. The car could not drive properly. I managed to drive it. I was driving like 20 miles per hour. I drove it to the first location because I called my insurance company. Can you help me tow the car? They say you don't have roadside insurance. Well, liability. Only <laughs> <laughs> oh, have liability. So, as I was driving the car, the AC was no longer working. The temperature had gone up. Very, the sun was hot, so the temperature had gone on. It was summer around April. As if the car was going to explode. I kept driving this car. I got to the first shop. The man looked at it. He looked at the man damage. He said, let me give you a cost. I said, I don't have insurance. He said, no problem. That they will cost it for me. He said, it will cost me 3400 <laughs> Whereas the car online, the car online is worth two thousand nine hundred, and then to fix it is two thousand nine is two thousand three thousand four hundred. No insurance. I started the car again. The car did not start. I started it again. It didn't start. I was completely broke. I don't even have money to tow the car. You know. So somehow I was able to, you know, put uh start it. I started. I started it. Eventually, I think after around the eighth time, the car started. I put it on my, I tried to put the next GPS location 
my phone was like 2% battery. <laughs> so I put on GPS, I started going. While on the way to the next location, I was going like 20 miles per hour. The car died, the, my battery died. So now I can't even route. No battery, no <laughs> car. So I was just going because I was using, I was looking at the road, turning, turning, asking people. Eventually I got to the, to one shop, one body repair shop. As I parked the car like this, the car could not start again. So there's no hope of leaving that place except I told the car. We started negotiating, negotiated. Eventually the man said he would take two five to fix the car. The cost of the car is two nine. All I had on me was about my credit. All I had on my on my on my credit was about one thousand dollars. Then all I had on me was about one five. So I said, okay, repair it. I'll pay you. He said, for a year. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> so I swiped my credit card, 1000 I gave him all the money. I swiped my debit card, one five. I paid two five on the spot. And I became, I went back to zero. <laughs> and so I was able to fix the car. And then we continue, we continue. And then it came to the time to pass my, uh, to, to get an advisor. I worked with the first professor, no way. Second one, no way. Third one, no way. <laughs> I spent two full years, two and a half years, no advisor. Fourth one. Is the one I'm working with now. Amen. Amen. In fact, the people in the department advised me that, look, Joseph, I think you should just go look for another school. <laughs> or withdraw. <laughs> so what am I trying to tell us? Time we feel me to talk about family challenges with my wife, my kid, finances, survival. But I just want to encourage you. Today now I'm doing internship. I'm getting good money. Amen. 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 God is faithful. And if internship money can be this good, how will full time look like? Amen. Amen. Full time is coming. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Jane. You guys are responding. So I want to encourage us. Whatever it seems, whatever seems like a challenge to you. I remember Sister Jane. Sister Jane can share a testimony. Her <laughs> uh, experience at Georgia Tech and how God miraculously, uh, you know, intervened. Our God is faithful. The Bible says many the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from how many of them? Them all. All. All of them. Not few are the afflictions of the righteous. So when you start getting afflictions, challenges here and there, you're wondering, is there, if God is alive or if I'm serving God, why all these circumstances? Why all this? Why is it so tough? Because you are precious. You are the precious seed of the earth. Now think about it. Those who are not saved, it doesn't mean the afflictions of the unsaved are few. No, it's just that we have the mechanism to deal with those afflictions, which is the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you tonight. 
what the devil hates is to smile and rejoice in the midst of the heat of, of circumstances. Smile, rejoice, praise God. Put on your dancing shoes. It will look like you are stupid. You are not stupid. Amen. 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 That's the mechanism for victory. Uh, time will fail me to share how I look for job. Oh, that was another story. Trying to get job. It was hell. I didn't know that God had a plan for me to work at Google. See, at the time, the Bible says, humble yourself under the hand of God. And in due time, he will exalt you. There's a due time. For every of God's child, there's a due time. There's a due time. It will look hopeless at some point. We are are humans. You get discouraged. But there's a due time. God has never failed any of his children. The Bible says that, the psalmist says that since he was small he has, and now he's old, he has never seen the righteous forsake him, nor his seed begging for bread. Because God is not an unrighteous God. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. I just wanted to say some of these things to encourage us. So that we can uh, have a lighter mood as we discuss the word of God tonight. And as we discuss God's word, I pray he'll give us the humility and the wisdom to accept it in Jesus' name. So tonight, we're still discussing steps to building a successful married life. Last week, um, we have we had a couple of questions from Sister Miriam, uh, Sister Messi, and I think Sister Edith, I'm not sure. Uh... So I'll go back to your mom, please. Don't disturb me. So uh, today we'll kind of run off things quickly so that we can take more questions. Um, we really, really... Sweetheart, come and help me, please. We really, really... Uh, we really, really appreciate our questions. We really, really appreciate... Uh, can come Sorry about that. So we really, really appreciate our questions and I want them want you to keep them coming. Don't be don't uh say oh I won't ask this so that I won't feel somehow people will feel um I have a reason why I'm asking this. Please ask. Um, nobody knows it all. We are all students of the scriptures. Uh, if I'm unable to answer your question, there are other people here who God has given wisdom. Amen. Uh, we'll be able to answer to the glory of God's name in Jesus' name. So like we said, um, please. Okay, bro. There are some announcements from bro uh, Wale and bro Chidi. No, bro Chidi is it's just saying something. So, bro, and drop your uh, date of birth. And then if you have any question during the course of the teaching, please go ahead to put it down in the chat. I'll be able to answer it uh, uh, with time. We'll make time to, to answer. So let us pray as we, as, we, as we take the word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Father, Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you because you are faithful. We thank you because... There's no God like you. We thank you because your word is precious. Thank you because you are the great marriage coach. I want you to take control of my tongue. 
I want you to take control of my intellect. I want you to take control of my of my words. Let me not speak as a man, but let your spirit inspire everyone listening to my voice. Lord, as I speak, let walls be thrown down, walls of ideologies, walls of doctrines, walls of traditions, walls of religion, walls of philosophy, everything that raises a standard against your word, let it be pulled down, let those strongholds be pulled down to the glory of your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Let your Lord, your word come with power, let it pierce to the dividing asunder of soul, of body, and spirit. And let every heart, Lord, be humbled before you. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your word come like hammer. And let it shape us. Let it change us. Let it transform us. Let the ministry of the word, the ministry of the word, the sanctifying power of the word, let the, 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 the gracious power in the world to transform lives. Let it be at work tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh Lord, I ask that the heart of your people will be softened for soft landing of the world to be sown as a seed in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, because you will do these things tonight. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As a praise the Lord. Um, please, can we just take it? Uh, take our Bible verses one after the other. Some we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter five, where we had read from verse twenty-one, and then we're also going to be reading First Peter chapter three, and then we'll read from verse five to around verse eight. So let's start with Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five. Let's read from verse one. Um, to verse verse twenty one to verse thirty three. Let's take it one after the other, so everybody can take. So, don't wait for the next person. Somebody reads uh, verse twenty one, just and then the next person goes to twenty two. Next person twenty three, up to until we exhaust the verse thirty three. Let's go ahead, please. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. We'll okay, take submit it to one verse. After submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. Okay, the next person, verse 22, please. Hello, brethren, are we here? Someone is saying something in the chat room. Can we unmute? Wives. Wives, submit yourself to your husband, to your own husband, as you do to the Lord. Okay, thank you, Bro Wale. Um, if you can talk, can you just go ahead? Uh, verse 23. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Thank you, Sister Miriam. Verse 24. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Thank you. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Thank you so much, boy Jordan. Verse 26.
because we won't take bus 26 for us. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Thank you, Sister Miriam. Verse 27. I to present her to himself as a virgin church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Thank you, Sister Edith. 28. So, what men to love their wives as their own body? He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. Thank you, Brother. Verse 29. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. Ah, thank you, dear. Verse 30. Someone who has not spoken. Okay. Go ahead. I agree. Each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Thank you. Um, where did you read, bro? Was that verse 30? 30 and 31. Okay, you read 31. Okay. Um, let's read. No, you read. I think I read 33. Sorry. You read 33. You're supposed to read 31. Okay. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Thank Thank you. Verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Thank you, bro. Summary. Verse 33, the last verse. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must love must respect her husband. Thank you, thank you, bro, bro, Chidi. Amen. So last mm-hmm. last week we discussed a few things, and we discussed praying to know God's will and life partner in marriage. And one one of the things we said was prayer to know God's will saves us from a lot of hurt and dangerous behaviors. We saw the example of. Um, the servant of Abraham, who went out to, you know, go and um, who Abraham told to swear by putting his hand under his thigh that he was going to get um, Isaac a wife. And then we said number two on praying to know God's will. Uh, we, uh, the second thing you should do when you're praying, praying to know God's will in marriage is to watch. And uh, what are the things you should watch for? Number one, you should watch for niceness and pleasantness. Number two, you should watch. Uh, for teachability and lovability, especially for the man. The number three, you should be careful to know and study deep questions that usually leads to divorce. We talked, spoke about money, we talked about sex, we spoke about religion, and that these things must be carefully sorted out before decision is made. Then number, then we are going to the second part today, which has to do with understanding, respecting, and appreciating the opposite sex and seeing them as God's gift to our lives. Amen. It's very important when you are seeking God's face for marriage to understand and respect the opposite sex. There are two extremes you see in the church. The first among people who are looking for uh, trusting God for uh, a life partner. The first extreme is excessive, um, um, excessive looseness, which many times leads to sin, leads to impurity and immorality. Then the other extreme is excessive um, um, 
guardedness against the opposite sex as if the opposite sex is a source of temptation. No, there should be a balance. And this balance comes with understanding and respecting our frailty. If let's if you if you read um first Peter chapter three, let's turn our Bibles, turn with me to First Peter uh, chapter three. I'll read from verse seven. Uh, the Bible says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them. Talking about wives, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being here together of the grace of, of life, that your prayers be not hindered. What does that mean? Dwell with them according to knowledge. The, uh, Peter was writing to husbands and saying they should live with their wives according to knowledge. What does it mean to live with their wives according to knowledge? It means that you should live with your wife not like you live with, not like you relate with other men. You should live with your wife with the knowledge of honoring her and taking care of her as unto a weaker vessel. Amen. What does that mean? It means that by properly understanding the the frailty and the constitutionality of your wife, you are able to relate with her on that basis. So, for instance, if you are used to giving feedbacks in the office to your employees, to as a manager, uh, at every performance review, you give feedback. Um, uh, Mr. Smith, uh, you, 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 you are used to coming late. You are used to not doing, completing your work on time. Uh, this quarter, you have to sit up. You cannot relate with your wife like that. You cannot give feedback to your wife like that. You have to relate with your wife uh, from the standpoint of knowledge. Even when you want to give a feedback, you have to understand that this feedback could lead to a more sinister problem that you will have difficulty managing. So Peter was writing to husbands that they should dwell with their wives according to knowledge. Amen. You should dwell with her having the understanding that this is your wife. This is a partner. This is not a doormat. There are men who treat their wives as if their wives is below them. Remember that God took the rib from Adam from his side. He did not take it from his head so that the wife will not be above the man. He did not take it from his feet so that the wife will not be a doormat for the husband to, to tread upon and, 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 and go his way or to use as a slave. He took it from his side, from his ribs, so that the wife will be a partner, will be a helper unto him. Amen. There are people, a lot of Christians, men, who do not have this proper understanding. They do not know how to talk with their wives. They do not know how to relate with their wife. So the wives, after a several number of years, become a silent woman. There is a difference between a silent woman and a quiet woman. A silent woman is a woman whose feeling and whose, um, whose grace that God has given her to use as a gift to help the man has been sub- subsequently plummeted and suppressed to the point where she has decided to just have this serene emotion towards the man. And this is the state of a lot of marriages today. The marriage, the marriage is dead. There is no longer life inside because the wife, the husband did not learn properly how to dwell with his wife according to knowledge. Amen.
Brethren, are you following me? Amen. Amen. If you do not know how to dwell with your wife according to knowledge, eventually that's what's going to happen to, to the woman. Either she becomes silenced or she becomes emotionally dead to the feelings of the man. So you see, you see a lot of the divorce that, that happened in this part of the world. You see them saying that they ran out of love with each other. They, there is no longer chemistry. There is no longer, you know, love between us. We grew. You see some. They, they will say statements like, "We grew out of love with each other." Listen. When you start a relationship, there's a lot of chemistry. There's a lot of fuel, and God did it that way, so that. Because the relationship is starting, there's, there's need for those chemistry to be involved so that the inertia of a breakup can be overcome as the relationship is starting. After the relationship be, uh, have started, after five years, six years, seven years, you can no longer depend on the initial chemistry that with which your relationship started you can no longer run your relationship on that chemistry let me let me say what i'm trying let me explain what i'm trying to say when you start your relationship there are a lot of things as a lady you'll be doing the man will overlook it he just he's in love with you has fallen in love there are a lot of things the man will be doing the lady will overlook it there are a lot of things you say to her she won't even get angry there are a lot of things he will say to you know they'll say to each other they'll just overlook it there are a lot of things you will overlook that's why the world says love is blind love is only blind at that initial chemistry stage after the relationship has progressed for a while love doesn't is no longer blind the eyes of love now opens ah i didn't know you are this careless with money if my would not have married you you start hearing statements like that. You start hearing things like, ah, I didn't know that you are this careless with women. If not, I would not have married you. Ah, I didn't, if I had known that you don't know how to talk to somebody, I would not have even, even accepted you when you were talking to me. Here, that attitude had always been there. You just did not see it. Amen. Because Amen. of the initial chemistry that God allowed. So, what is going to sustain your marriage? On the long run, which is more important, is knowledge and understanding of the opposite sex and of your wife in particular, understanding his or her peculiarities. Every woman is not the same. Every man is not the same. We are, the, Bible, the Bible says we are wonderfully and carefully made by God. And God has carefully packaged some of these things in your partner. Listen, a lot of successful people they, they risk having fracas in their marriage. Why? Because they mostly achieve success as a single person. Usually, in this part of the world where things are working, before you get married, probably you have your master's, you have your PhD, you are, if you want to do grad studies, or you've already built a career. You've, to some extent, you've succeeded. If you're an entrepreneur, and you probably have started your entrepreneurship. So, Sometimes, so highly successful people, they've already built success singly. Now, when they get into a relationship, it becomes initially the chemistry will not allow them see, and will not allow them see anything outside the fact that this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's when they visit the beach. That's when they take pictures. That's when they go on on uh, drive together. That's when they go on. You know, they on they, the life becomes beautiful. After they begin to leave the initial chemistry state, they begin to get into the middle. 
which is probably after five years, ten years. Now they have kids. Now they've known each other. The partner becomes like a distraction to the initial framework that was that led to the success of that individual when they initially met. So they begin to see the other person like you are distracting my business. My business before I met you, this thing was running fine. I had I was able to concentrate. They begin to treat the partner as a distraction, or they begin to live with their partner as let me live with you apart from me. Let me see. They, 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 although there is physical marriage, there is a wedding that's taking place. They're living together, but in mind, in soul, in spirit, there is no intertwine because there was no proper understanding of the opposite sex and of their partner. That's why you see many actresses, actors, successful people. You see, at 48, 49, they've been into two, three marriages. They will tell you they are working on their next marriage. You see them still, you know, you see for the women, you see them 48, you see them still making up and doing, you know, making their hair, still looking for love. Why? Because they did not take proper time to understand, respect and appreciate one another. Many times when relationship breaks, it's not necessarily like there's one partner to blame. Usually. It's both partners that are to blame. The understanding must come from both sides. So as a result, what's going to help you get this understanding and knowledge? Studying the word of God and reading books. For a man, read Emotions by T.D. Jakes. Read Steve Farrar, Finishing Strong. Read many of Steve Farrar's books. Read the stories of men who succeeded. Read biographies. Read the biography of Bill Clinton and what happened to him in the White House. Read this biography of these people and you will see that you will be able to avoid catastrophic mistakes that he made. Read the life of David in the Bible. That's another very successful man. Read the life of this man. If you want to be successful in both your marriage and in life, because both of them are necessary for you to fulfill God's will or in ministry. If you are going in the direction of ministry, read the life of great men of God. Read the Read the biography of John G. Lake. John G. Lake's wife died while he was in ministry in South Africa. Why? Because John G. Lake was so involved in the apostolic work, he didn't have sufficient time for his family, and the lady was overworked. She was overclocked, and she died early. Brethren, are you following me? Yep. Take time. You may be successful. You may you may be anointed. Take time to read the lives of these men and women. It will help you to avoid a lot of mistakes of highly successful people. The Lord told Kenneth Hagin to watch out for three things in his life. Number one, uh, uh, money. Number two, in his ministry. Number one, money. Number two, women. Number three, I've forgotten the third one. Because if you look at the trajectory of great men of God, this is always what brings them down. Either money. The, the doctrine of Balaam or women, the temptation of David. I've forgotten the third one. I'll find out and then I'll communicate it to us. Why? What am I trying to say? You are going to see challenges in your marriage that you take understanding, appreciating and respecting the peculiarity of your husband and your wife for your marriage to succeed. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Not according to how you are feeling. So when you see a man who always reacts according to his temper, he's not going to have the, the, the marriage is going to be his marriage is going to be finicky. Why? Because 
either the woman will take too much of that heat. And a lot of times, as men, you will find out that a, a woman many times listens to your emotions as much as she listens to your words. Your body language speaks as much as your words. So you can be a woman, a, a, for we men, we take we, we tend to take words as it is. For women, they look at many other things just aside the words. A woman can, you can ask a woman a question, she'll tell you yes, but she means no. A woman can, you can ask another question, your wife will tell you no. She means yes. You can ask another question, your wife will tell you I don't know. I don't know means go ahead. And at another time, I don't know means <laughs> if you do it, you're on your own. Amen. But peculiar, peculiarly understanding your wife is key. Otherwise, you ask your wife, you want to go and buy a house. She has seen it. She said, I don't like it. You ask her again. I want to really buy this house. Go and buy. Say, okay. She said, I should go and buy. You go and buy. Oh, no, 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 no. You missed it. Amen. I pray God will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Number Amen. three, to be, have a successful, one of the steps you need to be successful in your married life, selflessness and willingness to empty the grace and value in your life into your partner. There are a lot of questions. Who should submit first? Who should do this first? When people are asking a lot of these questions, is because they themselves, they've not come to that broken point. You see, when you are selfless many times you don't you you don't care if what you are going to do is you are going to get a reward for it the easiest example of selflessness is going into ministry and god calls you to ministry you are going to face a lot of challenges but you have to be willing to be selfless like moses you have to be willing to be meek the people will complain to moses they will insult him some kinds of things he takes too much upon himself but you see the selflessness to the extent that god described him as the meekest man on the surface of the earth there's no man more meek than this man that kind of selflessness is what we need you remember when jesus was supposed to be crucified he said not my will Thy will be done. Nevertheless, let this cup pass by me. Let this cup from left for me. Let this cup pass by me. Nevertheless, let thy will be done. And when you come to that point in your life where you are willing to be selfless, my wife's decision is decision on this thing is not the best. However, to avoid this constant argument and nagging. Let me take the back seat. Let her go ahead. Amen. And you have to be that selfless. Selflessness is willingness to do something first, not expecting a return of that activity. And when you are selfless, when you are selfless, it will be easy for there to be peace in the home, especially when two, two of you have opinions on a particular matter is selflessness that helps you both of you to back off and allow the marriage to be successful selflessness wants the relationship to succeed other than my own opinion to work or stand i see a lot of people who are so addicted to being right if you are addicted to always being right, you are going to have problems in your marriage. See, some of these things we are saying, or I'm saying, when I say problems, it's not a, 
bad prophecy or a prediction that this is is as a result of you know some of my personal experiences and some of the experiences god has helped us to see and in counseling people and we've seen a lot of i assert i am right this way it has to be so if it's not my way nobody will have their way and it's not just men there are women like that as well i'm taking my stand if we don't do it this way nothing will work let's read quickly romans chapter 9 uh, for if someone should read from verse 9 to 10 someone that's not spoken sister messi sister messi are you there Hi, hello. Samir, are you here? Okay, thank you. Can you read Romans 12? Uh, let's read from verse 9 to 10. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. Praise the Lord. See, this was, thank you, Sister Mercy. This setting that we read is actually for brethren in the church. You have to start practicing in honor, preferring one another. If we are preferring one another as brethren in the body of Christ, before you practice it inside marriage, you have to start practicing how to be subject to another person. Prefer the other person ahead of you. Otherwise, you will go to marriage praying for yourself. Help. You will be seeing marriage as a way of using the, the other person to accomplish you. Whereas you are supposed to also see how to pour out yourself to accomplish the other person. You'll be looking for, he has not done this. She has not done that. She's lacking in this area. She's lack, he's lacking in this area. You'll be seeing weaknesses, 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 and a lot of imperfection in your partner because you want more. You want more. But when you are wanting more, you don't, when you are giving your all, many times you don't want, you are not thinking about what you are getting. Amen. That's where selflessness comes in. I pray God will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Then number four, sincerity and openness with God and godly leaders. You see the relationship between Timothy and Paul. Paul was telling him some things about uh, leadership and marriage. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let's, I'll, I'll show us quickly. Please open your Bibles with me. 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'll read from verse 1. Brethren, are we there? Yep. Okay. Uh, this is a true saying. Yep. Amen. Are we there? Yep. yep. Yes. This is a true saying. If any man desire the office of a bishop, he desire a good work. A bishop then, this is a qualification, must be what? Blameless. The husband of what? Brethren, what? are you there? The one husband wife. of what? One wife. One wife. Vigilant. The first qualification is that a bishop must be blameless. That is not have all kinds of accusations on being labeled on him. He stole my money. He didn't return. He did this. He did that. Blameless. Living a blameless life. The second qualification must be the husband of one wife. Number three, you must be vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, that is, 
helping people. Act to teach. You must be able to be knowledgeable in the things of God, the, the scriptures. Number three, not given to wine. It's not a wine bibler. Always at the beer parlor. No striker. Striker means always looking for trouble, always arguing and fighting and causing problems everywhere he goes. Not greedy or filthy looker. What it means is he's not in ministry because of the money, because of his belly. How much are they paying me? How much How much offering am I getting? But patient, not a brawler, somebody that is a troublemaker, not covetous. Ah, brother A has a better car than me. One that rule it well. Look at it, verse 4 again. His own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity, that is with all maturity. If, look at verse 5. If a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? You see, Paul is saying something here. He's comparing someone who wants to be a bishop, and he spoke more about the family life of that man than any other thing else. Talking about the man being married to one wife. I was talking about the man having taking care of good care of his children. I was saying if a man does not know how to take care of his own house, how can he? When you want to get married, you go through some counseling with people and elders in the church who have been married for many years to counsel you. Why? Because a lot of times, because of the euphoria that characterizes early relationship, people make mistakes. You can be carried away with someone's charisma, with the way the man is talking, with the way with his suit, with the way he looks. You many times. People have this image of this who I want my marriage partner to look like. Many, many times, ladies, they have an image in their heart. When they see a man that matches that characterization perfectly, they can easily be carried away. And the man may not be an example of godliness. A man may be everything that you do not want. A lot of times, women say, I want a God, a God-fearing man. A God-fearing man necessarily is not a godly man. There is a, an eternity of difference between both. The devil is God-fearing. Amen? Amen. Brethren, amen. amen. But the devil is not godly. Amen. That's, a, that's, a, that's the difference. They want a God-fearing man. But a God-fearing man necessarily does not mean the man is upright. The reason why you need a second opinion from elders in the church, from people who know more than you, is so that you can be able to, they can be able to judge from a neutral perspective. Many of them are married, they are already, already have kids, they are settled in life. They, all they want is your best. They are not, their emotions are not entangled or, or on the line. Their emotional, you know, does not have an interest like yours. Yeah, they are looking out for you. So as a result, they can be able to, they can tell you, look, the way this man is, he looks like a drunkard. Are you sure you really prayed before God led you to this person? And just by saying that to you, if you're a careful person, you'll go back and then you'll observe some other things. And then some sometimes they will tell you the way this lady looks, just from the way I'm observing her, she has been, you've been bringing her to church for a while. My spirit doesn't tell me this. 
but that doesn't my spirit it conflicts with your choice number one look at this area number two look at this area number three look at this area i've seen the way sometimes you know uh just having conversation with other sisters with other brothers we've been watching are you sure you do not want to take a second look this kind of uh you know this kind of questioning or this kind of careful admonition can help you kenneth higgins dad and mom the dad left the mom with three children at the age of when kenneth higgins was six years old he never really knew his dad the man was from a wealthy home and when kenneth higgins mom saw him she looked like everything she ever wanted he was tall he was good looking he was comfortable but he was a spoiled child he was not brought up properly he was brought up in a rich home and Kenneth Higgins, uh, the, 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 the wife's parent called her and people in the church and said, we've been seeing this man's society the way he launders women around. We do not think you should go with this, with this person. And she said, I'm good. I've made my bed hard. I'll sleep on it like that. That was her reply. And at the young age of about 16 when kenetege was about 16 she had a mental breakdown already she was no longer okay she had gone through so much suffering having to raise three kids alone without a, a solid job she had to take the kids to go and live with her with her parents so it was kenetege's granddad and mom that brought him up because the woman was not financially stable the same thing with katrin coleman katrin coleman also made a mistake in marriage. A man ran away from his wife or divorced his wife and came into her meeting and they, and then they, she was helping, no, sorry, then she had not started ministry. She went to help him. After helping him, she fell in love with the man. And then she counseled with some of her friends and some of the people in ministry. What do you think about this man? They said, no, don't marry him. But she said, I've prayed. I don't know the will of God on this matter. They said, don't marry this man. She married him. They lived together for two years. The man left her, started sleeping around. After eight years, they've not been living together. She divorced him at the 10th year. And she did not marry again for the rest of her life. She married, I think, at the age of 38 and divorced at the age of 48. This was not the perfect will of God for her. What I'm trying to say here is listening to secondhand godly advice can help save a lot of trouble. It doesn't mean you are not godly. When I met my wife, I called my friend Wazani, said, I've met this lady, this, this, this. Uh, have you been praying about it? Has God revealed anything to you? He asked me questions, he asked me questions, he asked me questions. My wife did not know. My wife, on the other hand, went to her father and the Lord, I met this man, we've been talking, this is who he is, this is what he does, this is his plan, this is, is he born again? They questioned her. Questioning of this kind does not mean that you made a bad choice. Okay, I can see some chats already. I'll, I'll take these questions. Um, Okay, there are no questions. Questioning of this kind just help to prevent mistakes. I pray God will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Uh, at this point, I think I'll just pause and ask if anybody has any contribution or any question to ask. Please just go ahead and say something. So I'll pick up that. I, um, 
Twitter last week, but she asked a question on how you were sure that uh, God was leading you to me. Like, I see. Uh, I so see. if I um, answer that, that would be nice. Please. Okay, okay, I'll do that. Can I add something okay. onto that? Yes, yes, Sister Jane, go yeah, ahead. Please. I was actually thinking of a question on the same line that for those who are married in this group, um, anybody, including Joseph, you can share. After you prayed and talked to spiritual leaders in your life, um, how did you know that this was the person God intended for your life? Okay. Kind of the same question. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so I'll answer and then I'll ask God up. Let me just add to that, especially given that um, in the past, that's going from where everybody in the past, um, you may have felt that God was speaking to you on someone, another sister, two years earlier, <laughs> and it um, ended up um, on the rocks. So how do you do one goes with the other? Go ahead, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, so that's the whole thing we are discussing, but it's good. Let's share some practical examples. So for me, um, the first lady I spoke to, I I was praying, amen, and then I felt led to her. Now, how did I know? I've been praying and waiting on God for God to lead me, amen. Uh, I spent some time to wait on God, both in prayers and in fasting, for God's direction, so I do not make mistakes. That's always been my fear. I do not want to make mistakes. And then God laid her in my heart. I would not say I saw. Sweetheart, can you help me? He's disturbing me, please. I'm coming here. I will not say that I saw a vision. I did not see any vision. Because God speaks to us in our heart. Amen. But here is the problem because emotions are involved. When emotion is speaking and God is speaking, sometimes you don't know which one you're hearing. So, so I, so I felt led to her. So I asked, I went to speak to her. But I, so I first took about a year talking to her, you know, getting to know her, calling her often. I think ladies are very conversant with you. When a brother is always calling you, amen. It's not because <laughs> he doesn't have work. <laughs> or it's just because it's just very nice, no. When your brother is sincerely interested in you, you know. So I was always calling her, calling her, always checking up on her, on her birthday and everything. And then after a year, I felt I had known her sufficiently enough because watch and pray. I'd prayed. And now I was doing the watching part, like getting to know her character, her attitude, even from a distance. So then I went to, I then I asked her, like, is, are you in any relationship? Or just one of these days we're talking. She said, no, she's not in any relationship. So I I told her, okay, that's good, uh, these days. And then we spoke over it and we forgot about it. Oh, I know she knew who I was asking her if she was in a relationship, amen. amen. So I think two weeks after that, I now called her, you know, and then told her, like, I'm interested, you know, in a relationship and all that and all that. And she said, oh, okay. She, was, she sounded excited <laughs> or... I don't know how, maybe that's what I got on the phone or something. And then she said she was going to give me an answer a week later. And then in a week later, I got a text message from her saying that she loved me, but she's in a relationship. So <laughs> I didn't know how to place this because 
maybe <laughs> she has been the one tricking me, or I don't know, because she told me that she was not in a relationship. So I was very heartbroken because I felt like, you know, she should have just been honest with me, but she was not honest. So I I was very disappointed. And then I I kind of kept a distance away from her because I was I felt very, very angry. And I had to go and pray again. And my friends at that time were laughing at me because I told all of them that, you know, God led me. <laughs> and I was very, very certain that she was the one. But when it happened like that, it felt more like, although the relationship was not formally defined, but it felt more like a heartbreak because I was already emotionally invested, involved because of the constant calling, you know, and all that and all that. So, which is, I, I feel maybe she should have kind of uh, mentioned it while we're talking over the period of a year and a half, actually one year and six months that, look, um, actually, uh, last if she had a relationship, oh, last week my, I asked my boyfriend something, just mention it casually. I would have gotten the message that, oh, she has a boyfriend, and then I would have backed up. But she never said any of that. And even when I asked her, she said there's no one. So I felt uh, unhappy. But prior to this, at some point, God had been dealing with me that she was not the one. So it's it's likely I was one who missed the first leading of God. Amen. How do I know God had been dealing with me? Because I'll have dreams in which, um, you know, I, it would be obvious to me that we're not supposed to be together in the dream. At some point, the Lord gave me an open vision, you know, warning me that this is not a lady. But I completely missed it because I was headlong, emotionally invested. So, but after I got the last signal, she told me she was in a relationship. And do I mind if we just remain friends? But uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I don't want that. Amen. Because I felt like, no, 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 no. Uh, I've, been, I've been tricked this long. Less. I felt too embarrassed to say we'll continue uh, just being friends. So I kept a, 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 a significant distance from her so that I can pray clearly, you know, with a clear mind. So I, then I began to wait on God again. I waited on God for about three days in fasting and prayer. Just, you know, just to like 6 p.m., waiting on God, waiting on God. And God, uh, you know, began to lay uh, the thought of my wife in my heart. But after I was getting a leading towards my heart, I, some of my friends, I told them that do they know this lady? They said yes. I said, what do you know about her? My friends, when I start asking questions, they know that, okay, maybe Joseph is just trying to care or is interested. They were not sure. So they told me, oh, she's a very nice person, this, this, this. I said, okay. So we had the program. And then in that program, God specifically spoke to me that, not in an audible voice, in my heart. The way God speaks to every believer, like, that's your wife. And up till now, we had not been, I had not been close to her. I think I'd only spoken to her on phone like two, three times. So then I took it upon myself, like, okay, let me really, really get to know her, at least so that I don't make another mistake. So I asked some of my friends, they told me that she's in a relationship. 
I said, how can how, how can I make the same mistake twice? So I was disturbed, but I just uh, let it go. Um, but I I began to you know talk to her, talk to her, you know, getting to know her more. Then eventually, I think after like two months, we were talking, uh, getting close to her. Because it would be awkward for me not to be close to her and just ask her, are you in a relationship or not? She would be like, why are you asking this kind of question when, you, when we are not even close? That's why I got to know her better. And then eventually I asked her, like, is she in a relationship? She said no. I said, okay, at least this is a, this is a good uh, uh, you know, sign for me to go ahead. So then I asked her, you know, I called her and I told her, you know, I was interested in her and everything i love her and all that and then she told me she was going to take a while to reply me again so i think she took like three weeks you know and eventually she said okay let's let's give it a try amen and here here we are today the trial worked out amen so but what was interesting is when i asked my wife when we when eventually the relationship started i said how did you know she said she had known from since the time she met me, like God had spoken to her. And she had known in her heart that we were meant to be together. But she did not just say it because she didn't want to present it. She wanted me to also get to know first, you know. So God led her to me. I so And they also led me to her. So it was very easy for everything because God had also been leading her. Are you getting are you getting now opportunity uh, so i think um the way god leads us is primarily through you know the, you know our heart hearing on hearing from god in our heart and then usually not all the time he may also lead the other person but um a lot of times people can, god can be leading someone to another person the other person is confused because probably she has she's there are some so this is where honesty comes in sometimes ladies are managing like two three relationships talking to three two three different people at the same time trying to pursue a relationship if this one doesn't work that will work you cannot hear god clearly in that kind of state amen it's better to to have a clear head you know because ladies do this management of you know putting you have like four or five brothers are interested in you. They are, they are like they are like playing them like cards to know which one. If this doesn't work, this one will work. So they'll be talking to. I think that's what the first lady was trying to do, you know, uh, because eventually she didn't know I had got into another relationship. When that relationship she was in did not work, then she came back to me, you know, and was you know, calling me. Have you eaten? What are you doing? She was trying to do what I was trying to do initially, and then. After our first discussion, I told her, "Oh, that my, you know, my 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 girlfriend is this, 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 or my fiance." Then, and she was like, "Oh, wow! So there's somebody already." So that's 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 that honesty is very very important. I don't know, Sister Jane and Brochidi, if I'll be able to answer it properly. I can add. I can add to this question. So. Um, <clears throat> Different people, um, everybody has, God leads us in different ways. So it's very important that you don't wait on, we don't wait until it's time to get married 
to know how God speaks to us. Mm. If you have a relationship with God, he will speak to you on other things. You'll be familiar with his voice. You will know that, okay, this is God speaking to me and this one is not God. So that way, when it's time for marriage, it's easier for you to know and for you to discern. Some people, it's true dreams. Mm. Some people, true visions. Some people, true audible voice. So different people, but you, you, you should know how God speaks to you. Because he will not speak to you in a language you don't understand when it's time for you to find um, the will of God. And also another thing is um, so you don't. Um, some people wait till when it's time to get married before they even start praying for marriage. And that's only when I meet people. One thing I do say to them is, once you have the knowledge that yes, this is this thing is coming, you keep praying about it because it's like you are sowing a seed. Immediately I gave my life to Christ. In hundred level, and I got exposed. I knew that okay, it was it was time. I started praying for my marriage from hundred level till I got to service. When I now finally met my husband, and for um in my in for my husband's case, before him and there were other brothers, but there were other people that have lights. But God has basically told me that no. This this is not it. This is not the person. Some of them, he'll give me dreams. Some of them, it it comes. I just have that impression in my heart. I there's some. I don't know how to explain, but I, you, there's. I I have that strong feeling like I there's this one. Wrong. Yes, something wrong. There was a time I was praying and fasting for marriage. I took three days out, and God bless her. So one of my aunties then, it was at that point in the second day of the fasting, she came to me. And said there was this bird, um, that she had this brother for me. He was in Canada then, attending one church. That she has seen me, she has seen my life. She wants me to settle down with a good man. This brother is also looking for somebody. I was praying for marriage, specifically for those three days. And I told her to give me time. And I, I, God did not even need to tell me much. I just had that withdrawal in my spirit that. Mm -mm, this was not it. It was like it, it, so. When I told my auntie, like, no, that this was not it. She was look. It, I know it looked strange to her because it's like this is a very good opportunity and stuff, and I was turning it down. But mm. I knew what I wanted for myself. Mm. And when it came to the time for my for my, uh, my for when it was time for God to lead me to my husband. The first time I saw him, I just knew there was something different about this person. I didn't, I only knew his name. I, I don't I think I've shared this story with a few people. I just knew his name. I didn't really know anything about him. But I knew that, okay, this brother was um, was spiritual because he, he preached during, he came to camp. Then he used to come with the um, Coppers, Deeper Life Coppers bus. And he preached one one sermon. And that was that was it. And... I did hear an audible voice in my own case. In my own case, what happened was I I had that strong at, um, attraction towards him. Then I started I, I started praying against it because when I feel that sort of way towards somebody, I go to God like, okay, me I, me I was very transparent. Like this is how I'm feeling, God. If this is not you, please take it away. You know I don't want to make a mistake. You know, I've done that a couple of times and it goes away, but this time around it wasn't going away. I've never experienced that. It's like the more I ask God to take it away, the more 
it became stronger to the point that my roommate then, my bunk, my my bunkmates then, she noticed something was disturbing me. And she, I was telling her that there's somebody that I feel God's leading me to. And I'm telling God to take it away, take it away. But it seems it's coming. The feeling is becoming so much. And she was like, she knows the person. And I've never discussed it with anybody. I've not told anybody anything about it. And I was like, who is the person? And she mentioned this now. And I did you know. She said she just knows. So she was, she now told me, she said, instead of you saying, God should take it away, why not ask God that God, if it's you that's leading me, lead him also. So my prayer point now changed. And that was when I was like, okay, God, if this is you, please lead him also. Because my kind of person, I know that I'm not going to go and meet him. Because that's my kind of person. Some people, it's not a big deal, but for me, I won't do it. So I started praying that, you know, I remember seeing our wedding. I remember telling him I saw the clothes we wore, the colors of clothes we wore. And I saw a home with kids and all those very, very strange things that were not happening with, with other people who have approached me before. And so at the end of the day, God confirmed it. And we are, we are where we are today. In fact, this uh, the, the first lady he mentioned, when I first met him, I just sensed that I thought there was somebody. I just, I kind of sensed that he may have somebody. Because there was one time one of the brothers was like, if you are trusting God, for well, is he a response? Say amen. The way my husband said amen. Kai, the amen from him, I say, hey, this brother may have somebody. You know, so it was later we're talking. I'm like, oh, okay. Since the sister was there by that time, and that was when I think a few weeks after he got his no. And so so this is where we are. So in, in a nutshell, just practice and know how God speaks to you. Now there are ways God speaks to me, especially when I receive the Holy Ghost baptism that are different. Sometimes we are praying for somebody. God gives me scriptures in the Bible about that person's life. I've shared this with my husband before. And when we find out, it confirms it. So it's important to know how how God speaks to you. That way it's going to be easier. But one thing I can say is if you are honest and sincere with God, even if you are making a mistake, he will pull you back. Mm. A lot of people are not honest. People try to play games with God. And people try to play smart. But you cannot play, you can't be as outsmart God. Because you cannot say, God, um, take the will in this aspect. And you are having, you are talking to one one sister and you are having somebody as a backup. Because a lot of Christians do these things. You know, and you say, okay, even though I'm not yet engaged, I'm still open. God bless you, Mike. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Virgidi. I'm still open, you know. I, I have somebody I'm talking to, or it seems we're heading somewhere, I'm still open. Or you, you can see that a brother genuinely is coming towards you, he likes you, and mm. you know you have somebody, and you will not tell the brother, you just be encouraging him, be enjoying what you are getting. You know, those things are not, are not, are not, um, are not, are not, I don't know the right English to use, I don't know the word, but straightforward and open with God. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, dear. My wife, she knows how to explain this thing better than me. Me, I think I'm too conservative to say the right way. But, um, Sister Jane, are you clear? <laughs> Sister Jane? Very, very clear. Um, okay. Thanks okay. for sharing. <laughs> Do you have anything to say, Sister Jane? If if you are not if you are not clear about anything, can you can you let us know? Oh, 
very clear, but I did ask that question because I was just curious to see how people experience and get their answers from God, especially if you're seeking. Um, because I think the answer I got from you was um, I needed to work on myself. That's, that's the kind of vibe I got when I thought I was ready, but God knew I wasn't for myself. And it was less on the other part. So I was like, why God? I thought I've been just a good girl, you know. I don't see anything wrong. But God was trying to mold me and humble me. So that's why I was just, because I know people get different answers. And when I got there, I knew I got there. There was peace in my heart. So that's why I was asking. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Let me just build on what Sister Jen said. I think Brother Daniel also said something too. That peace in your heart is one of the surest way to know that God is leading to somebody. See, if you are in a relationship with someone and you're a child of God, there's no peace in your heart. There's a subtle fear down, down, down there, down here. You feel like something is not right. Maybe that what people call you. Say something is telling me that I'm wrong. Something. That something is the spirit of God. Amen. When you don't have peace, the person may be okay and everything. When you don't have peace, that's God's way of saying this is not me. When you have peace, the person may even not be what have all the things you are looking for. You have peace in your heart about a relationship. Every time you think about a person, there's peace down there. There's no fear. There's no apprehension. That's good. Amen. It means you are, you are good. Just look out for that peace. If there's turmoil, there's turmoil, there's unrest. You are. You seem like you are forcing the relationship, but down there you are not happy. You are not at peace. There was a particular lady in high school very lovely lady very very lovely lady and she's a Christian and many times I considered going out with this lady actually we went out like a few times in high school yes in secondary school but then I was already born again I was already a child of God because if 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 there are people that meet their sweetheart in high school amen that's very common here. Yeah. Hey, they are very few, but amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very common in America. Not so common yes. where we come from. If we had, if we had worked, maybe we would. But I never had peace. Me and I will go out these days. We used to meet then. You know those days of cyber cafe. Like, you know, you know cyber cafe. There's a cyber cafe we used to meet, and then from there we'll go inside the school, sit down. We just used to talk. We just talk. And this lady, she was very nice. She 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 comes, she lives like five miles away. She comes all the way to visit me. She comes by bus. And then we meet in school. Also, we come from my own place. And we'll talk for long. We send text messages. Then I then that was when cell phone just came out. So I used to use my dad's phone to call her. <laughs> A lot because then it was, that was when cell phone first came to Nigeria. That time of Nokia. Nokia. Yeah, but she had a cell phone. But I didn't have one. In fact, then if you had phone, you were like a big man in Nigeria then. But I didn't have peace. 
Several times I prayed about it. There was no peace. God, why not this lady? She's very nice. There's nothing wrong with her. There was no peace. There was no peace. And I didn't want to lead her on. See, this is where honesty comes in. Don't lead someone on. When a lot of believers use other believers as placeholders. She's, she's born again. She's going to heaven. But that's not the person God wants for me. Don't... While you are waiting for the right person, don't put another man as a placeholder. When you find the right man, you don't this one, you don't that one. That's dishonesty, like my wife said. Or don't keep somebody as a backup. Brothers, sisters, they do it these days. This is not godly. Don't keep a man as a backup. My friend was laughing at me when I missed it the first time. My friend was and was like, you this, you this boy just said, hey, you close her eye and pray. You close her eye and pray. See, see what you are seeing, sister. Yeah, it is. He was laughing at me. So I was embarrassed. <laughs> so, but when his own time came, the lady told him to wait. She wants to go and pray. <laughs> she went to pray for three months. <laughs> and she was dating another brother. She was preparing for a wedding. They were preparing for a wedding, exactly. She was preparing for a wedding and she told my friend she was praying. <laughs> so I asked him, how far now? He said he doesn't know that she's still praying. <laughs> so I said, this prayer and she's doing that has lasted three months. Is she John the Baptist? She <laughs> 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 told my friend that it's not God's will. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Don't do like that. I don't know what he did. I think he printed a prophet's book or something. <laughs> but he, did. he said, Never, you no longer talk to her. I was like, don't be so angry. <laughs> but it's so painful. Amen. Amen. So painful. I don't know if Brad wants to say something. Brother. Yeah, the women like praying. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I think Brad wants to pray. I don't want us to pray. I have experienced over three years' prayers. So, <laughs> so, so I ask myself, what kind of God you people pray? For? <laughs> I mean, we all serve the same God. Either you say no, wait, or go ahead. But this lady was like, hey, I'm praying for God's conviction. <laughs> I was in level two, level 300. I graduated and I was having my national service. So God was not speaking. So, <laughs> so that is three years. I said, okay, let me let's stop pursuing this lady and move ahead. Yeah. When I, I left, of course, I was discussing with one of my friends. And when I left, he went to follow her. So he is now about to marry her. Mm-hmm. They like praying. Yeah, that's good for them. Yeah. So please, ladies, uh, honesty is still important. See, there are w- women that have lost very good men because of this kind of attitude of honesty. 
many times you don't want to release somebody there are do you know there are ladies that don't love a man there are sisters that don't love a brother they'll stay in a relationship with that brother waiting for another person and they'll be lying to this one i love you i love you so much and you don't love him allow the man to look for someone who loves him don't keep him and at the end you dump him there is a lady who i counseled and prayed with this man is a christian this she was in a relationship for nine years and she came and saw the the, the man's uh, wedding on facebook she just opened facebook and saw on saturday that the man has married nine years it took consistent intercession for like one year for me to be able to pray this lady out of anger unforgiveness and hurt for god to give her another husband it was if you see her face she's angry and sometimes i'll tell her i said why are you always squeezing your face well mm, i don't know i don't know that's just, that's just the way my face is you can see she's pent up pent up with anger and unforgiveness it took God's grace. Now she's married, she's happily married. She married in the will of God. But it took prayers, prayers, prayers. See, emotional wounds are very hard to heal. Whatever we've done in the past when we didn't know God, or maybe when we knew God, we didn't know better. Let's let it be past. God sees these things. But now that we are in the truth, amen, let there be you know, humility and trustworthiness. Is there another thing before we, we go ahead? Uh, I want to quickly say this, like the fact that somebody, <clears throat> somebody gives you a no, which mm. is mostly for the brothers because mostly it's the, it's the men that ask the women out, which is mm. more common. We have sometimes some women do, <laughs> yeah, but mostly it's, it's the men. Like the fact that somebody says no, does not necessarily some people take it too hard on themselves mm. we are not perfect sometimes we can miss it mm. and the the fact that you got a no does not necessarily mean god did not lead you to that person yes some, god cannot force he has given us what we call choice mm. god cannot force somebody on another person mm. god may actually be leading you rightly to this sister you know and this sister saying no god will not enforce it mm -hmm. what he will do god will give you another of his child who will accept you mm -hmm. so we, we, um, we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves especially when you get a no and you know that this one god has led me everything from all angles has been confirmed mm -hmm. god has led me so one no or or a rejection or multiple rejection does not mean at the end of the day god will not still bring somebody your way mm. yeah so that i just wanted to 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 also chip that in thank you thank you dear another thing i want to say is humility and the willingness to be wrong and to submit to god's word in terms of conflict when you get into a relationship that ability to say sorry must come from both parties it must be it must be something we learn there's a lot of things we pick in culture of the country we are living in, especially in the west here people find it difficult to say sorry that's why you say americans drag themselves to court over 150 dollars it's only 150 dollars he refused to pay let's go to court 
and the it's it's, a, it's, the, it's the spirit of rebellion that characterizes the West that you know filter and trickles into the church. That's humility and willingness to be wrong. And both of us will disagree. Okay, let's go to the Word of God and let's look at what does the Word of God say on this matter. If there's nothing to say about it, if there's nothing in the Word of God there, let's pray about it. Since both of us feel we are right, why don't we pray? When you put fin- finish praying, you find out that people don't even want to say to it anymore. They complete Joseph Apoids. It's it's hard. Don't spend one day in your relationship or in a godly relationship that you want to end the marriage or in uh in marriage mm. keeping malice keeping malice with your partner this is devilish and i'm saying these things because there is this silent treatment that we have in the west here that trickles into people's marriage um so how is your boyfriend now we are fighting yeah i'm not talking to that one jerry you are, you are building the foundation that is going to crush your marriage if if the other person doesn't talk you talk if you see if you're with a partner who is not mature enough to talk through things wants to all the time that's a red flag maybe you should allow the person to mature a little bit before you get married to the person if attitudes and the no matter what happens no matter how angry or how much me and my wife offend each other no day has passed since the day we saw each other that we did not talk. We are angry, but we will talk. Communication is the life wire of relationship. When communication is fractured, that relationship will die. When you allow silent treatment to come into your relationship or marriage, you are you are you are allowing you are opening the door for Satan to throw stones into your relationship. I see godly couples or people who are dating these days who are who wants to get married. Three days, they are keeping malice. You checking your phone, she called me. She didn't come to an uncle. She'll be the first to call. She'll know that me too. I'm important. Me too. Ah, me too. Him. He'll, he'll, he'll dry there. Me too. He's not calling me. Uh, me, I'm the woman. Uh, they must take care of me. I'm the one that, you know, I'm the one that is, that is you know, that, that, they, that, that he must take care about. Oh, you didn't call me. It means he doesn't, he didn't call me. It means he doesn't love me. You must kill that silent treatment thing out of your life. Pray it out. God, give me the humility to take this thing out of my life. You can be angry. And the, the Bible says, let blessing and cursing in James not come from the same mouth. If you notice, every time you're angry, you say terrible things. You have to pray that thing out as well. Please, there are some things you will say to your wife when you are angry. You may come out of the anger and lie down and apologize. You've stabbed her and with your words. She will never forget for the rest of her life you said this thing. The same thing with that of a man. There are some things you should not use to insult your husband. His sexual prowess. Don't, no matter how, how much you are angry. That's the ego of a man. The man will not forgive you. He may forgive you so that you get to heaven, but his emotions will not forgive you because you hurt the stream, the stream of his manhood, the stream of what makes him a man. There are women that get angry and begin to say terrible things about uh, you. Uh, even my, even my ex-husband is better than you said begin to say even my ex uh, my ex-boyfriend is better than you in bed 
the result of insult. Your Bible calls those things foolishness. Foolishness is a category of sin that you cannot place here or there. It's it's a it's a misbehavior that has spiritual consequence. That's foolishness. Because many times you can oh uh, you can you can say things to address the matter, especially for a man. Listen, brothers, when women are offended or hurt, their mouth is their power. Is like the axe to using to cut you. But if you say one back, <laughs> amen. You are you as a man, you are the spiritual head of the family. Your words weigh a lot. You can use your mouth to curse your wife. You can use your mouth to curse your children. If your wife curse your children, you can use your mouth to reverse it. It's scriptural. Amen. You are this. You are the head. Of, you are the spiritual head of the home. You can override every spiritual anomaly. You have to be more guarded with your words as a man. Because the same mouth that you use to decree blessing on your family. So you don't use the same mouth when you are angry. You have to, the Bible says, add to your faith, virtue. Add to virtue, temperance. Add to temperance. What? Uh, uh, um, 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 what's the next after temperance? Um patience and to patience uh, godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness if you if you do not add temperance temperance is self-control ability to regulate your anger there are men when they get angry the whole house will be vibrating that's not a godly man the bible says it's easier to take a city than for a man to control his own spirit proverbs so you have to learn how to regulate your anger. Keep it under check even when you are angry because a, a, a lot of things happen as a result of anger that cannot be that cannot be salvaged. More, what we call domestic violence in the home. Let me tell you how domestic violence happens. There is a conflict. Two people are angry. The woman begins to insult the man. You are this, you are that, you are this, you are that. The man will be angry. The man is keeping quiet. If you get to a threshold, <laughs> the man will take his hand and what? Slap the woman out of anger. Amen. You have to learn self-control. If you get so angry and your anger, you always your anger goes out of control. Go and wait on God. Ask God to sanctify you and take that source of that anger away. You can leave this, you can leave this sin, but you can still, if that thing is still there, it's just a matter of time. The devil will three guys one day, you will beat your wife, or you take gun and shoot her. When you, when you see things on the news, Pastor, uh, this, 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 shot his wife, killed his wife, and you are surprised. Ah, who can make a man shoot a woman? Wait until you are married, you will know why. <laughs> Solomon said it is easier, it is better to live in the roof than to live with a nagging woman. Women, tame your tongue. Learn how to tame your tongue when you are angry. Because one of my friends, he said, I told him, I said, get married. Hey, he said he must make money before he gets married. I said, why? He said, bro, Joseph, there are some things a woman will use to insult me. I go slap him. That's why he said, he said, I'll slap her. And I'm like, 
He said, there are some things my wife will use to insult me. I'll slap her. Like what? If she insults, ah, there are plenty. <laughs> oh, no. Because he wants to make money so that... A woman can say, after I picked you up from the gutter, I made you who you yes, are. I'm the one who made you who you are. What, 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 what? You don't have money. I'm the one taking care of this home. You are oh. wretched. Look at your mates. Look at the cars they are driving. Women, when they are angry, oh, they begin not to... Not all women, no. Not all women. I'll to exclude my wife. My wife is not like that. No, there are not all women. We have good ones. A lot of women. They'll be rolling rolling the insult out. There is one woman um, when in Lagos. This woman was insulting the conductor over change. From when she entered, I began to wonder after her husband. Like, oh my God. If you see the anointing to insult, she was just rolling the thing out like this. You are this, you are that well-constructed insult. It took passengers that held the conductor. If not, he was going to be down, man. She would not escape it. That's how much she had triggered, she had built up the anger. The man kept, the conductor kept quiet. She kept insulting him with his job, with the way he looks, with the way God made him, with his ear, with his mouth, with everything. And the, the, when, when you begin to talk to a man like that, you are insulting his roots. Oh. Amen. Drop hair. Exactly. So what I'm trying to tell us, the Proverbs says it's better to live in the roof of your house than to live in the same house with a nagging woman. Nagging. If you if if you're a lady, you 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 find out that you have that. Pray that God should take you. We are not perfect. We are saying this thing so that we will deal with it while we are single. Pray that God will take it away from you. A man can be gentle and quiet. It's with, it's with that same gentility and quietness, you pack pack his briefcase and walk out of his house. He will never come back. You yeah. swear that he will never come back, and he will not. There are men like that. There's a particular case. My wife knows the lady. Yeah. When the lady starts talking to you, I told my wife, I said, this lady's marriage with is she's going to have problems. She married uh, anyone when she got married. I said, this lady's marriage is going to have problems. You can't help it. When I see it, I say it. It's going to have problems with the way this lady talks to other brothers. When she starts washing you, you'll be wondering what it is. So you have to be avoiding her too. You know, not get that negative, and you know, your child will want to respond to her. You just walk away, like, no, 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 this is bad. She married a very gentleman. When the mom, when she married, the pastor said, Eh, hey, is this kind of gentleman that marched this kind of lady? I said, uh-huh. Okay. One day, when the thing had reached the man's neck, he just took his brief. The man doesn't talk, he's just very quiet, very quiet. <laughs> And his name is Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> his name is one of his one of his names is called Smooth. And that's the way he looks very smooth and quiet. <laughs> I just he just took his briefcase, his practice in even I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to I'm going to get out of my house and all these things that you know couple of men do when they're angry. No, no, no. He has already divorced her inside his mind. The marriage has ended in his heart. Just carried his briefcase, packed it, all his clothes. 
and just traveled back to the state he was before from California and just went back to where he was before and got a new job and started a new life. He just abandoned the kids and everything with the woman. Yeah. If you see that man in future now, you say, ah, this man is a wicked man. That's why you have to be careful before you judge. Ah, he left the wife and all the children. Because some women, you can't live with them. They need help. They need help. You can't live with them. No, no matter your grace, you will separate. They will not allow your headspace to think properly. That's why every day I'm grateful to my wife. I was telling my wife, discussing my wife, I said, you must live longer because I cannot go through this, this marriage again. Marry somebody that is good against grace. It's a lot of spiritual stress. I pray God will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Um, I think it's also uh, they are the ones that push their women to, to like some men, the way they treat their women, they treat them as if they are fellow men like them. Some of them they are the ones that frustrate their wives. We spoke about that. They are the ones that frustrate their wives to this point. For instance, some men feel the fact I work and I provide money for the family. That's where everything stops. Yes. My wife is the one to carry every other thing. Yes. She's the one that will take care of kids. She's the one that will cook and clean. And I was sharing this, this thing. My husband and I were having one discussion one day, and I said, America is not like back home, where you have lots of neighbors and friends who are always there to help you so the workload is much on 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 mm. it can be much on a woman like back home we grew up with cousins yeah. there's one cousin that comes to live with you there's one neighbor there's somebody to help you so then the men mm. can just walk and the woman raises the kids without really feeling it so much like that because mm. she has help but here in america yes. it's not like that it's it's the woman that cleans, the woman that washes, the woman. So if the husband is not <clears throat> responsible in terms of helping to alleviate the workload at home, it's going to tell on her. And mm. it's a matter of time she's going to explode. Especially for some people yes. that won't talk. They feel like yes. most times women feel he should be my husband should know. You should know that this is what I need or this is these mm. things should be done. So it's very important that you're, um, as a man, you are a support system to your wife. Because yes. you, as small as your house, look at my house, we're just three. But I know the work in this house. As, and, and to be honest, at this stage, most times I can't even keep up because of my current state. But it can be a lot. So some mm. women will get so frustrated and they just, they just um, explode. I know a couple like that where the man basically doesn't do anything, you know, and that was the challenge of the woman. And they were always having misunderstanding to a point that when she talks, she would just silence, silence her and she doesn't mm. talk anymore, but they are not happy, you know, because she's so stressed. It's like she has to do most of the things. And, you know, it's feeling like yes. I'm the man of the house, I'm the head of the home. Mm. And yet you, you make your wife, she wake up early in the morning, taking care of the kids. She'll still be the one to cook because there has to be food in the house. She'll go to work. So it's very important that we help. The brothers should help mm. the woman. This is America where <clears throat> we talk about equality. As much as we know what the Bible says, it's important to help 
your spouse. Help your wife in the kitchen. If you can cook, why not? If you can sweep and clean, why not? Mm. You know, she will even say thank you because when she comes and says that, ah, this thing I've been taking care of, it will help to alleviate. Sometimes I see men here who take care of their children. They're the ones beating the children. So men don't even know how to change diaper. So these are these are little little things that can make a woman. Some women will not talk; they'll just be piling it. So the day yes. they will explode, they will say, "Ah, God!" Yes. You will be like, ah. they will say all manner of things to the man, mm. and they, they forget that they said this thing. But the man will have it in his heart that, "Kai, you you said this thing at so 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 and so time." So mm. that's just that's just that's just one of it. I know women, they say, okay, women, when it comes to talk, women can have bad mouth. But we also have men that don't know how to talk, quite frankly. So men yes. talk worse than women. So men are even worse yes. than women when they talk. They just talk anyhow, any place. You just talk and embarrass your wife. Or you say something so out of place. And ah, yes. you woman like, God, cover me, you know? So... Mm. It's just very, I just need to chip it in so that it will be balanced because it's not just from yes. the woman's side, but also from the side of the man. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I think our time is up. Um, we just want to, at least let's hear from, from various people. Do you have any, anybody who has anything to say? Well, Macho has been quiet today. Mr. Miriam. Bro, Daniel, Daniel Nkemelu. Let me talk for him. Let's hear hear from you, bro. Uh, Bro, Daniel, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, do you have anything to say? On on the current matter at hand, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or any other matter for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Why are people laughing? <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like a lot has been said. Of course, there's a lot to unpack, and yeah, human interaction is complex. So yeah, you you continue to learn as you grow. Yes. And yeah, in all things we have a helper. So we fall back to our, to our helper. Mm. And of course, I say you, you continue to learn as you grow, but learning is also a, a big word that you can unpack. <laughs> uh, you learn from your spouse. You learn from from your 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 your, your brethren. Yes. You also learn from family. Um, yeah, the goal is to continue to grow, and of course, nobody will get to a point where they say, "Now I'm perfect. Now I know how to do it." When you speak to couples who's been married for three decades, they still tell you, "I'm learning, to, you know, to to serve this person and to to please themselves." Yes. Um, conti- being putting yourself in that mindset where you're continuing to learn, um, I think is is um will be helpful, and that's what I want to add. Thank you. Thank you, Bro Daniel. Uh, bro Daniel, you just hold on. Let me see if some other people talk. Uh, Sister Edith. Oh, I don't have anything to say. 
Okay. Um, yes, bro, Chidi, that's fine. Um, bro, uh, Sister Jen, okay, Sister Jen, I'll say something. Bro, Jordan, do you have anything to say? Okay, bro, mm-hmm. Matthew. Okay, bro, Jordan, are you saying something? Nothing. I, I just wanted to expand on what um, Bro Daniel said. Um, I think it's um, really, like you said, just understanding what we're getting into and mm-hmm. um, having like this um, theoretical knowledge of what marriage is and like knowing what we're getting into is important, but also like, yeah, being aware of like the journey that we're getting into and just um, being open to to learning throughout the process. I mean, even in, inside the marriage, yeah, it's something um, important, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Bro Jordan. Bro Matthew, Bro Matthew has been quiet today. Okay. All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. A lot of things have been said. Um, I've decided to um, jot um, all the points. Um, but I want to say this, that it will help um, families to understand how to manage failures. Failure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, maybe the, the husband sat for exam and didn't pass well. Mm. The wife should be there to support the husband and say, you can't do it. Mm. I think you didn't study well. I think you, you, you need a little time. And don't worry, I will try as much as possible to take care of the children and take care of the things that will take your time. Just go ahead and do it again. You can mm. do it again. So the ability for um, for both couples to be able to manage and come back and regain their strength from from a particular um, failure is very yeah. very important. So marriage is not always going to be um, you. You're going to face a lot of things, a lot of challenges. The one you prepared for and the one you didn't even prepare for. But I want us to just gather strength in the presence of God to be able to manage failure and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Then another thing I want to say is understand the strength of each other is very important. Mm-hmm. Know the weaknesses of your partner. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, we are not 100% perfect. If you marry a husband that doesn't know how to talk, know how to manage your husband. <laughs> If you know your wife cannot take care of you, you think all women love children. No, that's that's wrong. Not all women. You, you are the you are the husband. For instance, you will come into that marriage and say, Ah, I want to give birth to four children. I'm telling you, may God give you a wife that has the capacity <laughs> to manage four children. Mm. There are some women, not all of them love children. You see them in, in the church. Some of them just they will show it to you. They will go to church and see that they will not even go to children's department and go and assist them. You will mm. know this one. They don't so yeah. people are very career oriented. Yeah. 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 Some people are very objective. Some women are very objective. They like projects. Some people, some women. Now you want to you see different homes. Mm. You 
I just trust, we just, let's trust God to know how to manage and restructure mm-hmm. our home according to the strengths of your partner and the weaknesses of your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so women, you think women, they go out to go and buy things. Not all women love to go and chop, go for yeah. chopping. So women, they, when they are at home, when they come back from work, they like to stay at home. So you have to go to Walmart to go and get African market. Oh my God. So, so once you understand that, just pray for the strengths. Mm. The ability to readjust yourself to the success of the home is very important. Mm. Don't, be, don't be rigid and say, this is who I am. Mm. Everybody, you can change. Yes. You, can know, you can know how to cook. Mm. You can change to the style of your home. Your home must be successful. Let me tell you the truth. Eh? If you go and meet your pastor and start telling your pastor about your wife, you, you yourself, you are even a failure yourself. You have you already revealed yourself as a failure. If you go and, and be telling your pastor about your husband's weaknesses, mm. your, your pastor will be looking at you as a failure because you must, you must trust God to help us to adjust ourselves. You don't know how to cook. You can learn how to cook. There's YouTube. You can mm. learn how to cook. Yeah, I, I, I met a sister that said, her husband does not even want to cook, does not know how to cook. When she's traveling, she has to cook soup and package it in mm. different small, 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 small plates, small, small plates, so that she, if we just go there and microwave it and eat, microwave it. And the husband will not watch any plates. You, it, it will not, it will not even move closer to the to the to the kitchen. And that is so bad. Mm. Now, let me tell you the truth. The truth is that you want your wife to do the laundry, you want your wife to go for chopping, you want your wife to take care of the children, she will go to work and come back from work and mm. she, will, she will clean the, the floor, she will do, mm. and you will need her on bed again. Ah, uh, well done. <laughs> you will need her on bed again to be active. How can your wife be sexually active when she's, she's already set off? Mm. You have, yeah. she's, she's work, you've worked out everything out of her. Mm. Our life is going to go down seriously mm. because once you are tired, you can't be active on bed. I'm sorry for those people that are not married. Though. I'm not saying. No, don't be sorry. We, we know already. They know already. <laughs> Even as a man, eh, if you are tired physically, emotionally, mentally, you are tired. You can't be active on bed. Mm. So we must learn how to manage ourselves. Mm. Now. If you are the one that sleeps a lot, you should learn, you should know that your wife will try to adjust herself not to sleep a lot. There are some wives, after they've walked, they've walked, and you, you've gone to bed, though. Some people, they'll just go to bed around 8 o'clock, and your wife is still walking till 11. And you now woke up around, uh, around 1 a.m. and said, Dear, let's do it now. Dear will not do anything, no, because she's already tired. You see, your wife will be, will be the one that will be late to bed, and she'll be the one that will wake up bed early again. Ah, you have to manage. That's the only wife you are. <laughs> if you are planning to marry that, 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 that woman that you are looking at, if your plan is to, you must learn how to manage her. Then mm-hmm. husband, wife too, you must learn how to manage your husband. If you know your husband is not the kind of person that talks publicly, you know, there are some men, they are very shy. Mm. You, must, you must not always give your your husband opportunity to always go to the public and speak. You can stand. You know, there are some women. 
Have you experienced it before in your church? And husband and wife will come out. You see, they will give the mic to the the other will give the mic to the wife because yes. it's not the kind of person that talks in the public. Yeah. So yes, everybody, don't allow anybody to tell you this is the way you have to go about your marriage. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Just sit down, understand the strength of your husband, mm. the strength of your wife, the weaknesses. Please, let's try as much as possible to cover the weaknesses of our partners. Yeah. It's very important. Nobody, see, nobody is perfect out there. Nobody is better than the person you are looking at. And I want to quickly go to the beginning. You know, we started with um, how do you know the the bone of your bone and the partner, um, your future partner. I want to quickly just round up with this. Your relationship with God is very important. My sister said it. One of his, one of our sisters said it. If you know how God speaks to you, you should not be so. Um, you should not desire. Uh, I don't know how to put it. You should not be so eager to desperate to hear God when when you are when you are looking for the the, the bone of your bone. Mm. That should not be the first place, place where God starts speaking to you. If God starts speaking to you in that particular direction, ah, you will run into trouble. So your relationship with God, God must have been teaching you how to hear from Him. Now, mm-hmm. can you pray? Can you go? Don't pick that this thing. You know, the way God speaks to you. If you understand the genesis and how God speaks to you, when it comes to the issue of marriage, it will be very easy. Though mm. you will make mistake, I'm telling you, you make as my brother uh, has explained, you will make mistake, but it will not be that very, very too much. Mm. It will not be more much uh, uh, too much of mistakes. Then mm. another thing again, I want us to note: the fact that a, a particular sister, a sister must be in the same frequency at which you are to hear God, to hear God at that particular point. What I'm saying is that. If a sister, if you speak to, if you approach a sister and you say, sister, God said you are the bone of my bone. And the sister said no. It's because, mm. it may be, it may, it may be because the sister is not in the frequency at which God will speak to her too. Yes. If, she, if she's full of flesh, mm. she will not hear from God though. No yes. matter how touchy she is. Also mm. a brother too. If a brother is full of flesh and it's not at the same spiritual frequency at which you are when you hear when you heard from God, it will need to be very difficult for that sister also, or that yeah. brother also, to hear. Oh, oh yeah, Pastor Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, brother Daniel, say something, and then we go to Sister Messi. I just want everyone to say something. Okay. I just want to say that I think communication is the key. Hmm. For instance, yesterday I was telling a lady friend of mine that, look, when it comes to certain things in relation to marriage, logic doesn't work. Hmm. You don't go there with logic. We just go there with maybe plea. That, oh, I know you don't know how to cook, but I like it when couples are in the kitchen together. In a way, you are teaching him how to cook. Yes. He may not touch it. The day you force <laughs> it, him up doing something for you. Mm. That's 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 one thing. And then communication, communication, communication is the way forward. Because uh, sometimes even as Brahmaji said, in bed, if you didn't say what you want, you will not get what you want. Mm. And you'll be angry for nothing. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, yes, so the bottom line is communicate. <laughs> Even if the person will be angry, still communicate. Yeah. And you'll be fine. And God will visit you. Especially when you communicate, you pray together, you'll be fine. Mm. Amen. Amen.